You're listening to the Sermon Podcast for the Gate Church in Lethbridge, Alberta. For more information, to contact us, or to support this ministry, please visit thegate.org. Good morning, everyone. How's everyone doing? For those of you who don't know, my name is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at The Gate. And uh, again, I hope that you're having a fantastic morning so far and that you've enjoyed all the pancakes and sausages. Yeah? Yeah? Um, on that end, let's, let's give a round of applause to all the volunteers who helped make this possible. They made sure our bellies are nice and full. In fact, I might actually have to go for a run after this to burn off all those delicious calories I consumed. Anyone else? No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to probably have a nap. Um, Though, speaking of running, uh, a couple of days ago, Facebook actually reminded me, I don't go on there that often, but when I went on there, Facebook reminded me of a memory from 10 years ago. Uh, It was a time when my wife, Audrey, and I had completed a half marathon together, and it was a picture of us. I should, have, I should have put it up there, but it was a picture of us just coming. We had just crossed the finish line of this half marathon, and um, it doesn't seem like that long ago, especially because I'm pretty sure my feet still hurt from that experience, but um, yeah, I guess it's been 10 years. It goes by so quick, um, and after I saw that memory, I was first of all reminded at how much more athletic and in shape I was compared to now. Uh, and, uh, but secondly, it inspired me to, to look, to go through our storage bins, and, and uh, my wife had to help me, and we, we dug out the medal that I received for finishing that race. And uh, here it is. I, I brought some show-and-tell for you, just a, a show-off until, I guess, is, is, is what it is. Um, Though the truth is, you know, I had to dig it out of a storage bin. Like, we, we didn't run that race just to get this medal, right? That, that wouldn't have been worth it. Rather, we, that me, the medal is now a reminder for us of, of the true reward. It's a symbol of the fact that we accomplished our goal, that we finished the race, that all our training paid off, that we endured, that we overcame any obstacles and, and, and even fought through the pain to make it across the finish line. And in a similar fashion, the Bible often compares our lives as Christians to being like that, to being like a race we're called and equipped to complete. Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, which is our concluding passage for our our sermon series this summer, says, says it like this. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So here's the call for each one of us, to run the race that's set before us to run the race that's set before us. And this race we're running is really the life we've each been given to live, right? Specifically for Christians, this is the life of following after Jesus. And, and it also says that it's a race that we must run with endurance, or as some translations might say, perseverance, which means that this race isn't just a sprint. It's not just a one and done thing, right? It's, and, and it's rather, as some have noted, it's more like a marathon, right? It, it lasts a lifetime. This race is a lifetime. 
Um, before we get any further, though, I, I, I want to point out here that this passage we just read, and, and really the, the whole book of Hebrews, was written to a group of new Christians, new believers, who were ready to quit the race because they, they were being persecuted and going through various difficult trials as, as, a, as a result or a byproduct of their new beliefs. And in a, similar, in a similar way, one of the things I remember from running that half marathon so many years ago was there were multiple moments when I just wanted to stop. When my muscles hurt, when, when the hot sun, hot California sun, it was in California, hot California sun was beating down on me. When, when this elderly man who, who, was, who was always hunched over like this, he was running like this, and he kept passing me, and that was discouraging. But props to him. Uh, and then there were moments when, when I thought to myself, you know, this is taking forever, or, or why am I even doing this? You know, who's ever run, run a marathon or half marathon or done Tough Mudder or something? There's always moments where you're like, why am I even here? Why did I sign up for this? Right? Moments. So there were moments when I just wanted to sit down and eat chips and watch TV. Right? And, and this is what's happening in the spiritual lives of, of those that the book of Hebrews was being written to. They wanted to, they wanted to give up because they were all in a difficult season. So in response to this, the author of Hebrews is reminding them that they've been freely given the greatest asset to help them persevere and endure through this race, especially when obstacles come their way. And it's faith. Faith. Not blind faith. Right? He's not telling them to throw their logic out the window or to wish upon a star and hope everything will be okay. That's not very helpful at all. No, if we remember Hebrews 11 verse 1 reminds us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So faith is having assurance and conviction of what's to come. And, and of course, assurance and conviction aren't things that we can just easily conjure up inside of ourselves. No, they're, they're only established in our minds and hearts through, through evidence and truth. When I was running that half marathon, I, I was reassured every single mile that the finish line was coming because there were markers telling me how many more miles were left. And, and really, it was my eyes on that finish line and my certainty of its coming that kept me going. And same, same goes with my faith. Before the Apostle Paul was executed for following Jesus, he wrote this in 2 Timothy 4, 7-8. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith in the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. So these are words of someone who has assurance and conviction that the race he's run is not in vain. And that there will be a glorious reward at the finish line. And side note here, what have we been promised at the end of this race? He tells us that the crown of righteousness, which comes with salvation and eternal life with God, a new heaven and new earth where there'll be no more tears, no more sin, no more shame, no more evil. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 25 says it like this. It says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? So run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. 
So when we run this race, this, this Christian life, in such a way to get, get the prize that is with steadfast and obedient faith, we receive a crown that will last forever. Eternal life in the kingdom of God, present, in the presence of God the Father. But again, the only way to run this race and to run it with that confidence and that assurance of hope is by placing our faith in Jesus Christ, the Lord. Even our passage this morning tells us that the only way we can run it is by, from Hebrews 1 to 2, is by looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So Jesus is the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the source of our faith, which both saves us and gives us the confidence and assurance of hope to persevere. Right? He gives us the faith we need to run this race with endurance. And more than that, he's already gone before us and made the way. Through willingly taking humanity's punishment of sin at the cross, Jesus defeated the power of sin and shame, which, keeps, which, which had been keeping us from being able to know and follow after God. John 3, 16, 17 says it like this. Most of us know this passage. It says, For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And furthermore, as the King of kings and and Lord of lords who now sits at the right hand of God with all authority, Jesus cannot lose. He cannot lose. In fact, he's already won, proving that nothing can thwart God's will. And, and, And since he's shown through the cross that he's for us, following after him in faith and finishing this race, no matter what we might face in this present age, is never in vain. It's never impossible. He's our assurance, and he's our hope. The reality, though, is that, is that we have to be honest with ourselves and admit that we still have a tendency to, sometimes to, to set our eyes and our faith in things that aren't so certain, right? We put our faith in our, and, and we set our eyes on money or careers or fame or you know, creature comforts or on celebrities or politicians, things that are people that will eventually fail us or let us down, or cause us anxiety in our pursuit of them. In fact, some of us are just running in the wrong race altogether, looking for that temporary reward of comfort or status, which, like this medal, is worthless in the end. You can't take it with you, right? This reminds me years ago when when I showed a video. This is a long time ago. You guys probably don't remember. I I showed a video to the church which explained some research that some scientists had done on whether or not humans were able to walk in a straight line. Well, some of you remember that? Yeah. Um, the, The conclusion that they came to was that if someone didn't have their eyes on a fixed point, like like the North Star or something, they simply were not able to walk in a straight line for a long distance. In fact, they found that most people would inevitably walk in a circle and end up right back where they started. And this is the same for us spiritually. This is the same for us spiritually. We need a fixed point to keep, a, to keep us running this God-given race in the right direction. And that fixed point is Jesus Christ. With our eyes on him, we won't waver or stray because he will never waver or lead us astray, for he is the way. 
He is the truth and he is the life. He's faithful to work in us, to equip us for the journey and to bring it to completion. With our focus on him, we can proclaim with confidence, as it says in Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. On that note, one of my, one of my favorite moments during that half marathon I ran was when we'd reached the many water stations. It was such a relief getting to those water stations. It was an opportunity to be refreshed and rejuvenated and, and to become refocused on the next leg of the race. And in a similar way, in, in order for us to continually keep our eyes on Jesus Christ during this race that's been set before us, we need to have times of placing our focus back on him, times of refreshing and rejuvenation for our souls. To put it simply, it's really easy. This means time, regular time spent in prayer. This means regular time spent reading the word, reading the Bible. This means time spent worshiping and learning about Jesus with other believers like we're doing right now, which reminds me as well that one of the best things about the half marathon that I ran was that I didn't do it alone. My, my wife was with me along with some friends that we had started the race with. We had each other there to, to motivate to encourage, to, to build up, to lift up when we'd fall, and to even train with before the race began. And in the same way, we need to understand that our passage this morning isn't, isn't being written to one person or even to individuals, right? But rather to a whole community of Christians together. If we, if we read it, it says, we are surrounded. And then let us lay aside every weight. And then let us run the race set before us. It's all plural. They're being encouraged to run the race together. None of them were ever called or meant to run the race alone. And no Christian is. We're not meant to run this race alone. And that's the power of being in a church community like this. I love mornings like this because it emphasizes this church community. We, we have one another to build each other up, to encourage and to lift one another up in the faith and to keep one another going and motivated to keep running this race. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. And I'll take this opportunity to mention that our next sermon series which is starting next week, we'll be really focusing on, on this topic a lot. And I'm, and I'm really excited for that. Anyways, if, if you've ever run a race, you'll also know that one of the key things about being able to run a race well is that you have to limit the size of your wardrobe as much as possible, right? Uh, a typical runner will wear running shoes. They'll wear socks. They'll wear really short shorts. They'll wear a really light shirt. Sometimes a hat or sunglasses, it's really sunny. Can't forget the athletic underwear too, I guess, right? But, but that's it. That's all they're going to wear. And, and this is due to the obvious fact that the more weight a runner carries, like, like a, maybe a backpack or a water bottle or whatever, the harder it is for them to run, especially over a long distance, because that extra weight will just start to feel heavier and heavier over time. And, and the author of Hebrews is reminding his readers of this, and that with our faith on Jesus, we're, we're actually able to lay down or, or set aside every weight that's dragging us down and every sin that's keeping us from being able to freely and joyfully run with endurance. Remember, because Jesus, for the joy set before him, has already endured that for us. He has already taken the weight and sin upon himself at the cross. 
But yet I know some of us this morning are carrying a lot of weight. And I'm not talking about the pancakes and sausages in your bellies. Right? I'm talking about the fact that some of you might be car- still carrying guilt or shame for past mistakes or sins. Or maybe it's stress and anxiety from chasing after worldly pursuits or from something happening in your life. Maybe some of you are carrying bitterness or unforgiveness in your heart. Maybe some of you are struggling with low self-esteem or or lack of confidence in who God created you to be. Maybe some of you are struggling with an addiction or are being influenced by unsupportive people in your life. Whatever the weight is, whatever is weighing you down with your faith in Christ You can be rid of it. You can be forgiven. You can set it all down at the foot of the cross. Because Jesus wants to exchange our heavy burdens with his yoke, which he tells us is easy and light. To repent and follow Jesus by faith then is to be set free, free to run this race with confidence and without burden. Speaking of which, another way we get confidence in faith as we run this race is, is from the evidence and witness of those who've run the race before us. This is what we've been talking about all summer, right? At the beginning of our passage this morning, we read Hebrews 1, 1a. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. In ancient literature, a cloud was often used to describe a crowd of people. And this crowd of people being described here are all the heroes of faith, which we've been studying over the summer, who who were listed for us in the previous chapter of Hebrews. Men and women like Noah, Abraham, Sarai, Moses, Joshua, Rahab, David, and the prophets, and many more, all of whom ran this race before us solely by placing their faith on God and the promise of Jesus Christ to come. And again, one of the things I remember being thankful for as Audrey and I prepared to run that half marathon was all the the advice and the education that we received from people who were experienced in running these kinds of races. We learned so much from these marathon veterans, mostly over the internet, on how to train, you know, how to how to prepare for it, what to wear, and ultimately we, we were assured that it was possible to accomplish because so many people had done it before us. And in the same way for me, it's been such a joy to go back to the Bible and read about all those who've run the race of faith before us, those who were able to overcome their doubts and their fears and and obstacles and suffering and persecution and sometimes even the threat of death as they lived out their calling from God, as they grasped onto the promise and lived like they already received it. So let these people who now stand as witnesses of the power of faith and God's faithfulness to them be an encouragement to our faith as well. In knowing that, first of all, yes, this Christian life is possible to be run no matter what obstacles come our way. And secondly, that they were only able to run this race that was set before them precisely because they had their faith and therefore their assurance and conviction set upon the one who'd laid that race before them in the first place, upon God alone. This is key. You know, one of the, the things we learned over and over again this summer was that it, it wasn't the, their size of faith that mattered in the end. It was the object of their faith that made all the difference. With their faith on God and his promises, no matter how big or small, they persevered 
because it was God alone who remained perfectly faithful to them and to his promises to them. So in conclusion then, both to this message this morning and to our, our whole summer sermon series, A Great Cloud of Witnesses, let's, let's read this passage one more time. Let it inspire you this morning and, and for the rest of your Christian life as you run this race. Hebrews 12, 1-2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that we could be gathered here this morning, gathered in your presence, all because of Jesus Christ who'd, who ran this race before us even more endured our shame, endured the weight of our sin at the cross so that we could be set free, so that we could be invited to run this race as well. And Lord, I thank you that you give us the faith to run this race, Lord. I thank you that as we look to you, we can lay down, lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely so that we can run with freedom and, and joy and with endurance. And Lord, I pray for anyone here this morning that's carrying any weight, Lord, that you would set them free right now as they come before you, as they come and, and repent and lay those things down at the cross, that you would set them free, that they would be able to step onto this track and run this race that you've set before them. And Lord God, I thank you that we don't do it alone. I thank you so much for this community of believers. I thank you for this church. I thank you that we have one another to, to, to lift one another up and to build each other up in the faith. Lord, I pray that you would continue to, to build this community, that you would continually lead us to become more and more into your likeness as the body of Christ. And Lord, I, I just want to bless every single person here this morning. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.